Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Solar-powered chickens. No, they don't actually have little panels on their heads. However, they do grow in a farm that's largely powered by them. G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and that phrase was coined to describe broiler sheds being run by Craig Henderson from Darkra Farming in Western Victoria to discuss how chooks and renewable energy come together Craig joins us for this AgVic Talk podcast. Thanks for your time. No problems. Good to be here. Craig, I understand you've got a range of farming enterprises. Can you just paint a bit of a quick picture of what you're running? At the moment, we're running um, broadacre farming in the northern Wimmera, southern Mallee and in the Millawa, as well as a broiler farm, free-range broiler farm. Okay, and I understand the broiler farm, though. That came out of trying to mitigate some of the risks with dry seasons. Is that correct? That's right. We had 2014 and 15, which were dry sort of years, and uh, I thought, well, we've got to get something for the farm that will help mitigate the risk and give us cash flow through the dry years. So um, when the good one's coming, you're not trying to catch up you can start moving forward straight away instead of paying back maybe extra loans you've taken out during the drought. And that mitigation process, you decided on chicken farming, basically. That's right. We looked around at a whole range of things from importing, um, manufacturing. We've been associated with that sort of stuff for a long time. And uh, we looked at that. We thought, well, with the chicken sheds, broiler sheds, we can get the litter and put that back on the paddocks and use some of the machinery already have to um, make the enterprise work. So you've made that decision. You think chicken farming is going to be the way to go. But that's easier said than done in terms of, A, you need to do it at scale. But they also require energy, don't they? A lot of energy and a lot of water. So I talked to Cancel to see what sort of a line we'd have to take with all the permits. And and the Bullock Shire was in favour of this. And there's other broiler farms in the area. And then I talked to GWM to see about the water and then the power companies, and that's when we come into, whether it was the issue or not, we were about 13 k's from a major three-phase power, and to put that onto our farm, an estimate, and it was only an estimate, was uh, a half a million to one and a half million dollars to bring the power through to our place. But first of all, we had to um, engage people to do a feasibility study to come up with the quote and we had to pay for that up front and I thought well we better look at alternative power sources because originally we put two sheds in and they have a million dollar expense for power coming in for two broiler sheds was just not on basically it was going to knock it on the head straight away so we started looking at all our options and talking to some locals power people far as solar and that and started working out a system that may work for us. It hadn't been done before I knew of, so we couldn't go to anybody and just copy their template. We had to uh, come up with a system ourselves. Just taking one step back, let's say approximately a million dollars to put the power to your farm if you'd gone down that path. Then there is the ongoing cost of your monthly bills. That's right. Your peak demand fee and then your kilowatts you use. So all those things added up and I thought, well, we may as well use 
a million dollars and put that capital into our own asset instead of someone else's and we come up with a system that we thought would work. A few people told us, oh, that won't work. But I looked at it and thought, well, it'll definitely work. It's just a matter of how much capital it's going to cost. And then you've got to weigh up capital and diesel generators to work out whether that sort of middle line is. Well, you said there, backup generators. So what sort of system, what solution did you come up with to make this work? Because I imagine there's a few different energy requirements. The broiler shed's biggest energy requirements is in a just on dusk on a very hot day in the summertime with full-size birds. That's where you have your maximum usage and that's what you've got to cater for plus a bit. So what we've got now is um, 320 kilowatts of solar, which will feed back into about a half a megawatt or 500 kilowatts of batteries. And that'll handle about 96 kilowatts an hour in and out the system will so if we have a period where it's above that the solar will ramp down and then if we've got a demand higher than that a generator will kick in and uh, we've got 100 and 180 kilowatt generator that's uh, the main hook up with the batteries if something goes wrong there or our demand's even higher than that again that'll automatically switch to a 350 kva generator that's the system so the the 180 and the batteries and the solar is our grid if you want to put it that way and if the grid fails which is like it happens in a lightning storm or something like that with your normal grid then we've got the 350 kva generator will take over if that happens if we get say a electrical issue just say god forbid a fire in the system then We've got a isolating point away from the generator shed that we can run other generators on. There's a uh, 540 sitting there and there's a transportable 86 kVA one sitting away from the main power source. Well, you've had to go through a lot of forward thinking to make sure that, you know, you've got redundancies across every system. You said your peak power usage is on a hot day just before sunset. I assume that's about cooling, is it? That's right, yes. Yeah, when all fans are running and the chickens are at, if you want to call it maximum density, so they're generating heat, that's our peak usage. So the sun's gone down, well, basically set, and you've still got the heat around the, sh- the uh, broiler sheds that then um, puts your peak demand. So that's the area you've got to look on a 40, 42 degree days when you're trying to keep birds at you know, 19, 21 degrees. You've got heat on one side of the equation, but you've also got cold on the other side. Yeah, so in the wintertime when you've got a uh, frosty morning and very small chickens and you're trying to, to keep the temperature up around that 28, 30 degrees, you've got a high usage then of gas heating the sheds. Now, we haven't done anything as of yet, but we're looking at options how we can, say, later in the night and the generator's running, using the energy from the generator to uh, help heat a boiler which will run pipes around the sheep and help reduce the, um, the gas usage on the, on the farm. So you mapped out your system there, Craig, and you've got your backup generators as part of your grid. Are they firing up pretty regularly or have you been a bit surprised at how you're going with the battery power today? When the chickens are, are small, they don't run much at all, but they do run each night, the small generator, because 
it comes down to diesel versus capital. Diesel's got dearer, but so is the cost of capital at the moment. So it's it's a balancing act to get those two right, and that's what we will continually look at, whether we put more battery storage in or we, we burn more diesel in the, just the peak times. We're sort of in the 60% renewable energy, and then we've got gas and diesel on the other side. So we're, we're sort of running... As far as environmentally, it's pretty good balance at the moment. Down the track, we may put some more batteries in or we may look at getting some energy from the litter itself. All these sort of things can come into play down the track. In terms of running costs, you know, how's it looking now in terms of your running costs? Yeah, we're less than the, um, less than the grid but it's a moving target all the time and diesel's going up and down. So if perfect system would be to have ours hooked into the grid. That would be a perfect system where we feed our batteries during the day and at the last part of the night we just suck out of the grid basically. That would be the perfect system if you're alongside it. But you can't spend a million dollars to bring that in for that luxury. So then, then it becomes where you deploy your capital across your whole business and that's where the um, the line is drawn between the diesel and the capital, whether we put capital into the chicken sheds or capital into the other part of our farming business. It's all a balancing act. Craig, you mentioned that you managed to work with local suppliers. I imagine that was quite important. It is because like any mechanical type thing, and they're very uh, high IT in them and how all of it works electronically, so you've got to have a local or someone close by who can service it. If it uh, has a problem, you've got to have them so they can get out there quite quick. You can't say, be it Warwick Mobile and have someone from Melbourne or Sydney install it and expect it to work harmlessly all the way through. You've just got to have be able to get people to come out and fix it. Because it, there is little issues, technical issues, and you might have to reset things just like a car's computer and things like that. Craig, has there been flow-ons to other areas of your business going down this path? The part of the decision of the broiler sheds was to use the, the litter on the paddocks to add organic matter and some nitrogen, phosphorus, pea, they're the main things in it. Because what it takes to grow a good chicken, that also is basically a similar thing what it takes to grow a good crop. And if we grow, a, use the litter out of the sheds from growing good chickens and put that on the paddock, that'll help enhance our crops. It just closes that circle. If you were to go down this path again, is there anything different you'd do? The main thing to do, I think, is overestimate the amount you need. Don't try and run to the graph far as how much power and generator and all the rest. Put in a bit bigger system than you think you need because your, your most critical time is when it's really hot and that's when you don't want it failing. You don't want any generators getting too hot or uh, just the load too high on your power system because that's where you can cause trouble. It's like driving a car or a tractor or something absolutely flat all the time on a hot day. That's when it'll give trouble. So you've got to overestimate the size you need. What would your key piece of advice be to give other farmers that may be heading on their own energy journeys? Just start. You know, if you've got other boiler sheds or industry, just start. Put some solar on, then maybe look at some batteries and on the surplus times and feed that back into your system. But you just start. If it's commercially viable, why wouldn't you do it? It's irrelevant whether you believe in climate change or not. That's irrelevant. If it's a commercially viable decision, 
and it's going to be good for the environment, why wouldn't you do it? That's basically my bottom line and, and just got to start. All our houses we live in have got a hybrid uh, solar system on them. So as soon as it's uh, we're ready to put batteries on, we can just put batteries on all of our houses. And we've also got other businesses. You know, one's got 99 kilowatts of uh, solar on it another one's got 15 so we've got it across our whole business and then gradually we'll introduce batteries as viable well craig henderson it really does sound like you've gone deep down the path of renewable energy to run your enterprise and and secure it into the future craig henderson from darker farming thank you for taking the time and joining us for this agvic talk podcast pleasure drew thanks very much Thank you for listening to AgVic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.